Hi everyone, Ryan here to tell you about something cool that is happening very soon. Tanner and I are going to be participating in Pokecasters Network's Tabletop Charity Extravaganza, which is happening on December 19th, 2020. Trainers from all over the Poke World are coming to Driftvale City for the Pokemon World Tournament. It'll be a fierce battle to claim the title of Pokemon World Champion. This event is going to be awesome and includes some amazing people. The competitors are Zack and Duff from Critical Hitmon Lee, Sky from Pokemon Mind and Body, Harper of Chatotic Creations, Chris from The Science of Pokemon, Not a Scratch's Own, Anaru, and myself and Tanner of this very podcast. Your commentary team includes PCN, Treasurer Jared, Nick from Cubones and Catacombs, and the legendary Mikey of Pokemon Crossroads, along with backstage interviewer Aaron of Pokemon Go FM, and production lead Dozer of Pokemon Champions Podcast. It all goes down on December 19th. So get ready for some high-octane role-playing action! Let's end this year with a bang. The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com. And find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello and welcome to Pokemon Adventures in the Millennium. When we last left our heroes, they did a big knockout brawlout battle with some big balls of boulders in the Coronet Tunnel. Fought some golems, evolved a bunch of pokes. By the numbers, three of Bell's Pokemon evolved and one of Ju- one of Gabriel's. Yeah. Woo! Feeling pretty good after that. Yeah. So we've entered the other, or we've exited on the other side of this tunnel. What do we see, DM? You see Route 211. It's a nice little, slightly treed route with a few rocky outcroppings, uh, but for the most part, it's pretty much just a straight shot into Celestic Town. In fact, it's kind of hard to tell where the route ends and Celestic Town begins because. There's already a few scattered houses nearby, and then they just seem to grow more plentiful as they gather around a small little wellspring, as far as you can tell. They're all centered around something in the actual official town part that you can see. That's rather nice. Yeah. So, I guess we roll up to the Poka Center and uh, get ourselves a bit healed up. So. I'm going to immediately get Claw acquainted to his new body. I'm gonna get him. To, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna 
take what I know, which is little, of like sumo wrestling and just try to like imitate a sumo stance because that's kind of like how Jingler stands (laughs) and just kind of like practice (laughs) trying to stay, trying to not be top heavy and maybe making maneuvers to keep the uh, the claw lower to the ground. Corky, corky. And it does seem to work. He definitely seems steady. Uh, he does occasionally just kind of drag his claw across the ground, but that doesn't seem to hamper him at all. There we go, pal. We'll get acquainted to this. You're going to be perfectly fine. Like we've always been. Corky! He lifts the claw up in victory and then starts to wobble and quickly places it back down. (laughs) (laughs) That claw there is going to be a winner. And I I, I whip up the Pokedex and show the pictures like, look, you've already got a bigger claw than the average uh, Kingler. Corky! The clobber right there. Corky, Corky! Yeah. You know what? Belle's going to do a bit bit of a exploring around this town because if both I and she remember correctly from all the books she read Celestic Town has quite a history to it or is quite the place of history apparently yep um I won't make you roll for this because yeah it seems like something that would be within your character's knowledge you know that Celestic Town is one of if not the oldest settlements in the Sinnoh region potentially even dating back to before it was officially the Sinnoh region a lot of the populace are on the older side because it's it's a very quintessential small town. It's one of those where once the kids started moving out, no one really saw a reason to go with them. They wanted to stay next to their heritage, and it's predominantly kept alive by tourism these days and simply by pure tradition. Like the, A lot of the people you see here are very much old folks. It's I'm not going to say it's a Sino version of Florida, but a lot of people do retire here. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a nice town. It is. It's a very place quaint. called Happy Oaks Retirement Home. <laughs> <laughs> it's very nice, very quaint. There's no, like, there's not really an order. Well, there is a bit of an order, but instead of it being a, like, square and grid-like, like a lot of the bigger cities, it's very circular, and all the houses are surrounding what you can now see. It's not so much a wellspring, it's a shrine. And then just behind the shrine is a tunnel, open access tunnel for the public, that seems to lead into some other older okay. Sinnoh ruins. Should I roll the occult knowledge? Yeah, you can roll your occult Bell knowledge. Should already know this? You can roll your occult knowledge to see if you can remember more. Okay, All right, so you know that these ruins, like so many of the other ones that are in the Sinnoh region, so many of the other ones that you guys have seen, they're probably going to contain a lot of pictographs about the battle that happened a thousand years ago. Uh, But because these are probably the best kept ruins and the oldest ones, on the one hand, they're already pretty uh, consistently, pretty thoroughly studied. But on the other hand, that also means they're in the best condition. And so if like you know a little bit more than the average archaeologist at this point in your travels, if you were to go in there, you might be able to glean something that they... You might be able to connect two dots that they couldn't because they didn't have all the context. So, Bell's going to go into... 
Or she's going to look around that shrine first and see if there's anything pertinent there and then go into the tunnel and also probably pay her respects at the at the shrine. Alright, so... Wait, you said you are going to the shrine first? Yeah, the shrine first and then the All tunnel. Alright, so the shrine is a pretty normal-looking shrine. And going off of your role again, I'll say that you also have heard about a similar shrine in the Johto region that is found in the Ilex Forest. And this was just a little place that people could put okay. little offerings, little votives for the god-like Pokemon that they would worship. So for Palkia, Dialga, for Giratina, should the Cult of Death ever show up here. Um, huh. You don't see anyone like doing anything like that these days, or at least the day that you're here. But you do see that like the ground around it is pretty worn out and hang off the side. You see little spell tags and little wish tags. So clearly st- people are still using it for the traditional purposes. I don't really have a lot of stuff that I could offer. Um, I guess I'll just do that. Seems really neat. And I will go into the cave then. Alright, so you go into the cave. It, again, because this is a decent tourist spot and it's very well protected, there's some non-intrusive like LED strips of light just going through it to illuminate your path. No torches or anything. But everything is very clear. There's no, like, there's no way you'd be able to miss anything if you're looking around normally. And you go through, you can see a lot of pictographs and a lot of uh, images and carvings of little Pokemon and some people and ancient armor. Uh, as you go further in, the drawings of the people, like, you start to see them clash. And so this is clearly representing the tensions between the east side and the west side becoming greater and eventually breaking out into all-out war. And then once you get to the end, mm-hmm. you see a picture. There's a few pictures at the end. The main one is a red chain surrounded by three small fairy-like Pokemon. You're assuming they're Pokemon. Um, and if you had to guess, you would say that these are Azelf, Mesprit, and Uxie, who, it's not confirmed, but there were a lot of sightings of them several years ago during the whole Team Galactic stuff going down. And people theorized that the Lake Trio, as they're informally known, had something to do with either the Awakening or the Returning to Slumber of Dialga and Palkia, back when the galactic leader Cyrus tried to reboot the universe. And there's... Uh, there's more. But wait! But wait! There's more! <laughs> but wait, there's more. So, to the left of them, you see another image, and it's another trio. It's a, f- a blue draconic figure, a pink draconic figure, and a draconic figure that's in gold and red. And that one you recognize as an interpretation of Giratina, so it's safe to assume that the other two are Dialga and Palkia. And they surround a trio of gems. There's a blue diamond next to Dialga, and a pink pearl next to Palkia, and then some kind of golden quartz next to Giratina. And then coming up from beneath them, is some kind of 
it looks a bit like a mountain because like it comes up from the ground and it starts brown and then as it gets closer to them the peak changes to like a snowy white and then right at the top like in the center you see what looks like another like a small image of the shrine outside painted in gold that's probably the top of mount Ornat. um what's it called spirit pillar correct Spear Pillar in the Hall of Origin. Okay. And then on the other side of the Lake Trio image, you see a drawing that is very reminiscent of the one you guys found way, way back in Orberg, depicting the war. You see the two sides clashing and Pokemon and human alike fighting. Uh, on the ground level of this image, you see a figure clad in like dark, jagged, very spiky, very villainous looking armor. And you see another figure that looks a lot more heroic. They're, the paint used to make them is a lot more shiny, and they're clad in a much more elegant lavender armor. And then, much like in the images you saw way back in Orberg, above them, there's more Pokemon fighting. There's also two figures. One of them mm -hmm. you now know for certain is Darkrai. The other one looks like a human wearing a jetpack. Uh, Belle takes out her Pokedex to take pictures of this. Also, does the Pokedex, like, detect anything? You see little uh, blips pop up on the screen as it recognizes images of other Pokemon on the art, but nothing that you're not familiar with. And it doesn't register anything when it goes over the Darkrai image or the jetpack figure. The Genesect didn't have jetpacks, did they? Actually, they kind of have jetpack. It could be interpreted as a jetpack, the general shape. But they didn't have the ability to revive them back in the day. So, Unless this is another one of those, like, out-of-time sort of situations. That's really weird. So she saves those pictures to her Pokedex. Don't know how much those history books are going to help me, but maybe... Maybe another look in something from Sentinel Mythology. And she goes back out into the... Wait. Should I roll Perception just to see what else is here? Sure. Just in case I miss something. Twelve? No, you don't, don't spot anything else happening here. Okay. Alright, so she walks back to the group. Julian, what have you been up to during this? Uh, oh, you know, updating everyone's, uh, st their sheets and everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Julian's on the career, you know, he's like, oh yeah, I just updating our stats and everything, you know, you know, uh, you <laughs> you know God's, God's telling me everything I need to know. <laughs> Julian's play he's placing bets for the Pokemon League, which is a surreal, <laughs> procedurally generated fantasy Pokemon League. It's crazy, man. It's a crazy world out there. It's got teams like the Sunny Shore Firefighters and the Kalos Moist Talkers. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna play into this a little bit. I think Julian's like thinking about the battle again. 
and he's got like he's got his team out and there's like there's a park green area outside the uh pokemon center and all, all of the pokemon are out there playing but i think daisy is just kind of like sitting on her own a little bit i think she's a little disappointed Grotal. and i think i think julian notices that and he just kind of goes on over he's like how you doing girl uh, Rodal. You're disappointed, aren't you? Rodal. You felt like you could have, you could have uh, done a bit more there, huh? Wow. I know you did your best, though. You know, and patting her head, rubbing her a bit. <laughs> you know, you got nothing to be. You, you, you kept us all. You were, you, you, you kept us all safe. You know, you're, you're our tank out there. See you. You took a. You took that bulldoze though. You took it like it, like a champ. It didn't even phase you. Grotal. Oh, That's right. You got nothing to feel sad about. Grotal. Grotal. And she looks. Right. She looks a little bit cheered up. Uh, and then Ibuki hops over to her. Okay. And Ibuki also pats her on her head, as if to say, "I got hit by a rock, and we're both okay now." <laughs> and you, you, you got your first two knockouts. You're you did great out there. Rocky. See, I'm proud of both of you. <sighs> so don't, don't, don't you look so glum? Uh, and then you feel the ground underneath you shifting, and you kind of fall over <laughs> as the top of Jade's head like bursts out underneath your feet. Feel bizarre. <laughs> and you, you, you evolved. You got kind of used there. I, I, I feel like Bell should apologize to you and maybe Calamity, but I don't think Calamity has a understanding of anything. Yeah, well, I'll just ask if Bell can apologize on the Calamity's behalf. <laughs> um, pause one moment. Bell, for no reason at all, roll command. Okay. <laughs> Not my strongest stat, but okay. Ten? Alright. Julian, also for no reason at all. Roll perception. Perception. That's a that's a three. Eleven. Okay, I'm just gonna put that in my back pocket for a minute there. Carry on. <laughs> what you planning? Uh, then I just kind of look back on the rest of the party, uh, seeing seeing what uh how how are the rest of the team doing? Uh, let's see. So Rocksteady is just chilling underneath a very large tree. He's perched there, he's got his wings wrapped around him. He's just relaxing, feeling the breeze against his skin. Uh, Ashley is sitting on top of one of his head horns, also doing the same. Uh, Kate Sith has just been kind of watching you from afar and keeping an eye on both you and it would seem Ibuki. And uh, when your eyes meet, she just gives you a curt little nod. nod Let's see. Back. Who else is there? Lee? is doing a little practice kata. 
and Eric is watching with excitement. Uh, let's see who else is there. I feel I, I feel like Eric's trying to like mimic it. Like he's <laughs> staying on his hind legs trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, a, l- a little bit of that, yes. <laughs> it's like, ah, ain't that something? Hmm, bipedal. Fascinating. Huh. <laughs> let's see, uh, let's, uh, Melody is also chilling with Rocksteady. April and Grimm seem to be playing a game they've invented where they chase Bebop as Bebop glitches in and out of reality. <laughs> <laughs> and you do not know where Pearl is. Uh-oh. <sighs> oh, oh, no! I, re- I remember the Pokedex entry is like, oh, oh, Jade? Go look for Pearl. And Jade doesn't really move. She just kind of rotates and looks in a direction. And you look in the direction. We will say that, Belle, you also managed to look in that direction. And what you see, at first you think it's the legendary Euroboros Pokemon of a snake eating its own tail. <laughs> but no. <laughs> what it is, is a Sableye attached to a, a Gabite's tail and a Gabite trying to eat a Sableye. As the two <laughs> dopiest Pokemon in the two of yours possession <laughs> are rolling around town. Calamity, let go! Pearl, let go! <laughs> Get back here! Get back here right now! I'm just trying to, like, wrench what? her off. <laughs> uh, I'm good. I'm... Oh. Who do you think is stronger? Who do you think has more muscles just off the bat? Who has a higher attack stat? Because yeah. I feel like I feel like it's uh Is there a strong is there a strong stat? Uh there might be it it could be athletics. Yeah, who's got more athletics? Oh wait, Bel Bel uh, can sub in two. her survival. Yeah, so, oh. and Bell's got four things. So we'll say that Bell manages to pry open <laughs> Calamity's jaws first. Yeah! She's now got back muscles like that one anime girl from oh, the yeah. one series. Oh yeah, just... Yeah. I just try... I'll try with my 1d6. <laughs> Four. <laughs> Yeah, well, you, you do manage. After all, you manage to detach Pearl's jaws from Calamity's tail. And then they both regard your grasp. They don't attach to each other again, but they do kind of like stare at each other and both go. No. You two will not get. You off. do not eat Pearl. You stop bothering her. Timberline! <laughs> God, it. Go, go eat your. Go eat a cool rock. Pearl looks around. Pearl spots something in the ground <laughs> and digs it up and quickly spots something that looks like a cool rock and clamps her jaws down on it. And you just hear a muffled Pupitar. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then Jade launches d- straight up into the air. <laughs> Calamity watches after that. Jade is not a cool rock. Calamity watches after this and makes grabby hands with her little claws. Gabites don't really have hands, they just have, like, points. 
and I am holding on to Calamity like, they are not food. They are friends. <laughs> Jade and Pearl are good. Not to eat. <laughs> Need to put more stats into command. <laughs> um, we'll cut over to Gabe quickly. Gabe, you notice a no. shadow. You notice a shadow pass over you. <laughs> you look Man. up and you see something quickly falling to you, and before, uh, just as it would collide with you, Claw reaches up and just catches it in the air. Catches the combination Jade and Pearl. <laughs> In his massive pincer. What? What are you two up to? Corky, Corky. Nice catch, by the way. Corky. Are, are they? At least just going at it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Pearl is casually gnawing on Jade, and Jade cannot feel a thing. So Jade is just slowly digging her way back to where the rest of Jillian's pokes are. Uh. Okay, you don't seem into. Too much dress. You just seem to be going on doing doing your thing. Uh, I suppose I should see what those two are up to. <laughs> Come on, guys, we're gonna go and see the buds. Oh yeah, now since we're in a safer environment, I bring I bring out my baby, bring out my my rowdy, Kingiscon. My little pouch ready. Hey, Bell. Uh, where'd you go? Um, I'm. Checked out the shrine and then I went into the cave there, which um has a lot of ancient paintings and all that. It's one of like the best preserved historical sites in Sinnoh. And I took some pictures. Cause I found something interesting. So the most famous paintings in there are of the Lake Trio, and then there's another set of paintings of uh, Palkia, Dialga, and Giratina. Um, then there was one from that uh, very ancient war that basically founded Seno. Mm. And I pull out the Pokedex and I show them the couple of pictures I got. So, down the bottom here, you can see like these two guys uh, fighting One's got, like, the spiky black armor, so clearly, or at least probably the bad guy. And then there's this other guy in the more heroic-looking armor. Probably the good guy. But then above them, I get to the picture of, um, clearly Darkrai and the jetpack guy. Is that a jetpack? I know. <laughs> <laughs> you have you sent this to Damien at all? I probably should send this to Damien to see what he knows, but like So we do. I know that we're now in a situation where time is warped and space is bendable, but this seems really weird. So You never know. He might know something. So I copy an email. All right, and after a little bit, you get a reply, and it says, I don't... I remember fighting that figure, but I don't remember what it was. I remember it being involved in the fight, but that's where my memories end, because of the space stuff. Well, that's helpful. That's weird. Because, like, the thought crossed my mind that it might be, like, a genocide, but, like... 
It needs that technology to be revived, so. And uh, it's also not native to this area, right? Yeah. Did you send that in the email to Damien Unless as well? Some sort of. Yeah, I was asking, like, is this a genocide or something? It's. There is a possibility. Since we're assuming that the Logos robots are from the future, then perhaps however they try to time travel, something went wrong or something went right, and a Genesect or something like it ended up in the past. And the reason I can't remember it properly is because it was something that affected the timeline. And since everything is in flux, there's nothing that my memory can put into that position necessarily. Well, I'm bored. I'm going for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Eric. All right, cat. So what are you doing on this walk? Are you just walking around? I'm walking around, taking in the sights. Uh, what a... I know this is like a sleepy small town, but are there any, like, outside of the uh, the ruins or anything, is there, like, any sort of, like, noticeable uh, areas, any sort of uh, notable uh, landmarks other than uh, ancient history? <laughs> there is a bingo hall. <laughs> bingo, you say? Uh, there's also a Poffin Bakery. Is, is it Delilah's? No, it is not. Oh, <laughs> it's it's Helena's. Ah, uh, it's Helena. Helena. Um, hmm. Poffin Bakery. Oh, I need like a town brochure. Oh boy. There's an antique store. Oh. Wanna check out this antique store? Dora Cat! No burning anything, by the way. Dora! Remember the last time that happened. Dora, Dora, Dora! Alright, we're gonna check out this antique store. Uh, you head in, door, little door chimes. Uh, you hear the voice of an old lady in the distance. Oh, hello, whoever's there, I'll, I'll be with you shortly. Once I can find my way to the front counter. Do you need any help? At all? Oh, no, I'm just a, a little lost back here in the book section. I guess I'm trying to find where this old lady is. Roll perception. That's a Trez. Jesus, I am not rolling well tonight. I've been rolling well these past few sessions. Three, six, seven. <laughs> Eric, the old lady rolls a stealth check. <laughs> I rolled a perception for Eric, and he only got eight. So you look around, and you manage to find uh, some old plates with like aluchas <laughs> on them. Oh, Gabe would love these. Uh, and Eric, very, very gingerly, very gingerly brings over an old sock manky toy. 
Aww. Oh, that's kind of that's kind of cute. I I think if you take a left at the china cabinets, uh, I take the left at the china cabinets. Huh? Uh huh. Where am I? And and now you can see if you peek out over the tops of the shelves, you can see some books in the distance. Ah, there we go. Uh, start so you head over that way. Yeah, start scouring the area. Like, hopefully, no nothing fell on this lady. Oh, up, up here, darling! I look up. And so here's the thing: you didn't realize that this uh, this antique store was attached to the mountain, and then now you realize this antique store is into the mountain because this this bookshelf section goes up like three stories. <laughs> And the little old lady, you can see her standing on a little balcony right at the top. Oh, wow. That's impressive. <laughs> it's a little tricky to get up here, and I'm not quite sure how to get back down today. Hmm. Is there, like, a ladder anywhere? There's a bunch of ladders. There's ladders that go up part way, and then you have to hop onto another ladder. It's very shoots and ladders-y here. Oh, boy. Kinda wish I brought, brought the rest of the gang here. I'm gonna start like moving ladders around so that they uh kind of make like a cohesive way down for her. Yeah, roll focus. <laughs> wow, I can't roll above three today. Really? You yes. only got three? No, I, no, like with four, I got three threes oh, okay. and a two. Three, six, nine, eleven. Okay, so... Can I roll skill, monkey? It does... No, I'm gonna say that you do manage to do it, but it does take you a while, because you have to climb up and move some, and then climb up and climb back down to move the rest in spot. Uh, Eric is like... Er Eric's helping. <laughs> Eric's standing on the bottom just trying to keep it steady. <laughs> Eric's got like a construction hat on and he's just like Tara 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 like directing me <laughs> Th this way Tara Tara pivot 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 <laughs> uh, but no eventually you're able to arrange all the ladders so that they get all the way up there and you're able to climb all the way up to the little balcony that she's on hi there oh hello thank you alright now hold this Holding? What am I holding? It's a cockbuck! Oh. <laughs> what was it? What was it? And then name? while you're looking at it, the old lady just kind of climbs onto your back and wraps her hands around your chest. Alright, I'm ready. We can go oh, now. Oh no. Okay. Uh, I'm just gonna, like... Get... Roll your focus again. Oh boy. <laughs> oh no. That's a 16. Alright, so you're able to safely get the, down all of these ladders with the old lady attached to you and with a book in one hand. Just, oh, oh, oh boy. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh, how very kind of you. Such a nice young lad you are. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, it's fine. It's all good. Yeah, I must insist you take a token of my gratitude. 
and she uh, she toddles over to the front counter, and you follow her. She opens up a drawer, opens it up, and you see it's like just full of big nuggets. Uh oh. And she reaches in, she digs around, and then she pulls something out, and she closes it, and she has you. Here you go, a hard candy for your troubles. Oh. A hard candy, huh? Yes. Those are very rare. Hard rare candy. Hard rare candy. I'm rolling Pokemon education to see if I know what this is. <laughs> Actually, do I have a three or two in that? I have two. Actually, wait, would it be medicine education? Because technically this is like... Yes, it does go into the medicine pocket. So, yes, this is uh, actually a three for me. That's a twelve. So, there's hardware candies, and there's chewy rare candies. And there's an important difference between them. The chewy ones are not recommended for people who are old and have dentures. Ah, oh, okay. Alright. Hmm. I kind of open it up. I assume Eric's, like, sitting on high or something. Like, he's <laughs> now just, like, perched off on top of one of these, uh, bookshelves. Yeah, he decided to be like a cat and stand on top of things. Hmm. Hey, Eric! Have this! Tara! And he, like, he jumps and catches it in his mouth just as he's above you. <laughs> we cut to Bell and Gabriel, who, have you guys just made your way over to near where the antique store is? Yeah, sure. You hear a huge crash come from inside. Uh, is that, is, is that Julian? Oh no! It's probably Julian. We should probably go and check to make sure everything's okay in there. So you run inside. And you can see, like, uh, several feet away from you, right in front of the uh, the front counter, is a large black and red cat-like Pokemon with fire around its waist, <laughs> displayed across the ground, face down. And just barely, you can see a single arm sticking out from underneath <laughs> it. I already know what this is, and I'm freaking out! Oh my gosh! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Pokedex? <laughs> Dilidi, Dilidi. Incineroar, the heal Pokemon. It excels at violent, no-holds-barred battles. Its rough and aggressive behavior is its most notable trait, but the way it helps out small Pokemon shows that it has a kind <laughs> side as well. Oh, hi, Eric. <laughs> and Eric pops his head out. Incineroar! Pwah! <laughs> and, and a little bit of a candy wrapper pops out of his mouth. Oh, that explains it. He's so awesome. Uh, Julian, you alive? Julian's like limp hand gives a thumbs up. <laughs> and then does it tap out? Yeah, it's tapping now. <laughs> Incineral rolls off of you. And Julian's like flat as a pancake, just... Ow! He's a 
big guy now. Yeah. Ow. You pack a punch, <laughs> buddy. Cinnaroar. <laughs> I think I just coughed out bone dust. <laughs> 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 Well, uh, now that you have unleashed your giant kitty in my store, I believe it is time for you to leave. Thank you for your pay. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, Bonsoir! <laughs> and Eric, like, fireman carries me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like picturing I, I was, that. No, I was gonna say like, like picks you up by the scruff of your neck <laughs> in his mouth. Even he he doesn't know how to hands yet. <laughs> so yeah, y'all exit the antique shop. Uh, the way the town is laid out, the bakery is like pretty much right across from the antique shop, facing it. Julian, you're able to like briefly look up, and you see the bakery, and you see a familiar little girl. It's, it's Hannah Lee! And you see her head snap up, and you can't hear what she says, but very quickly she pulls a Pokeball out, and you're just able to catch the glimpse of a Vulpix before a whole smokescreen bursts in front of her. No, 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 wait, 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 wait! What you gonna do? Perception to see where she's going. That's a 15. So you can actually see there's a streak of uh, thin smoke trailing after where she went, and you, your eyes quickly, you follow that, and you see her ducking behind some houses, heading into the distance. Not out of town, though, just, like, to another part of town. We, we, gotta, we gotta catch her, guys. Yeah. So, everyone roll in athletics. Uh, Except Bell can sub-survival. I got a 12. Oh, I baby! I got a 12 on three dice. <laughs> that's, a, that's a 12 on two dice. 13 on 4. You still got the highest one. <laughs> it wasn't my best, though. In other games, this would be a full success. What, what I'm trying to say is that <laughs> Bell <laughs> running casually is still faster than Julian out of trying his hardest. <laughs> Ju Julian is running very fast, but is still in the arms of an Incineroar. Hang on. In the arms of Incineroar. Anyways. <laughs> Let's just say I've recovered at this point. Be Belle is able to get there faster because she knows parkour. Yes. You vault over a bench and you're able to catch sight of Hannah Lee as she quickly ducks inside a house. And you run over to that house. I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Hannah Lee! I'm not home! We just want to talk! No one's home! If no one was home, we wouldn't hear anything. I'm a robot! Wait, no, I'm not- I'm definitely not a robot! Listen, listen, we trust that you're not a robot. We know that you're probably not. We just need to talk. No, no, because everyone- Because uh, cause everyone thinks that Cameron and Ashley and, and, and everyone else is a robot. There's, there's only some robots. Uh, there's but there's too many robots and I'm not a robot. Hannah, we believe you. Trust us when we say this. We know 
Not all the logos are robots. That was the first thing that went through my head. Roll, um, yeah, charm. Oh, sick. That's a that's a sixteen. No, that that's pretty good. You hear some muffled voices inside, and then the door opens just a crack, and you see an eye poking out, peeking at you. Um, and then it closes. You hear a whole bunch of locks click open, and then it swings open, and you see Cameron there. So he says, "I believe you." Quickly, get inside before someone sees. Okay, okay, come on. Please recall your incinerator. I don't think he fits. Closes the door behind you, does all the locks back up, uh, checks out the window to see if anyone is looking and doesn't look like anyone is, closes the curtains again, then goes into the room, turns on a light. So now you're in a completely... It's only lit by this one light room. And he sits down on a chair and does a big sigh. (sighs) I believe you, but... doesn't seem like anyone else has the same idea. Well, that's tragic. God damn it. How long have you guys had to be in hiding now? Ever, ever since the Logos news broke a few days ago, we, me and Ashley had to evacuate, and I had to take Hannah with me because she was visiting at the time. And... I didn't want anyone to assume the worst of her, and I didn't want Logos to get a hold of her and do something with her. If they're willing to mess and cre- mess around and create Genesect and create the other secret project Pokemon that I found out about, then who knows what they're willing to do to a human, a child. Who knows what they were trying to do with me and Ashley and the other orphans that they helped bring into the company. Ugh. <sighs> I I grew up in that company. I gave them everything. And I handed them the world. And they used you. They used all of you. Yeah. Listen. You didn't know. There's no way you could have known. I, I know I shouldn't have, but... There's always going to be a part of me that's going to say that I, I should have figured it out. I'm, I'm smart. Me and Ashley are smart. We could have put two and two together and realized what was going on, but we were so devoted to the science, and we were so devoted to a group that accepted us. Uh, it's tough. Yeah. Well, guess what? Your old family may have betrayed you, but we're still going to be here. We'll always be here for you. And Hannah runs over, and she hands uh, Cameron a little fidget cube, and he takes it and he starts to play with it. Uh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, if Ashley was here, I'm sure she would as well. So, I obviously, it's been a rough time, but we need your help. More than ever. I can imagine so. I believe we need each other's help 
to a certain degree. If there's anyone who knows anything about Logos, their strengths and their weaknesses, it's got to be the people who have been in there the longest. Yes. All right. I, as things were falling apart, I dug as much as I could into the servers, found a lot of secret <laughs> files that I am not supposed to have classification for or authorization for, but ah, desperate times come for some hacking. As far as I can muster, well, let's start with the mission statement, the real mission statement, because as far as I knew, it was just to make people and Pokemon stronger, but obviously it goes a little bit deeper than that. Have any of you heard of the double O tape? Uh, I should uh, roll something for this. Um, yeah, you guys can roll general education. Back to bad rolls. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm joining you there with a five. Eight. I also got a one, two, five. Uh, should I roll skill monkey on this then? Let's roll again. Sure. Much better. As a 12. Alright. So, Jillian, you're able to remember a little bit about this. Um, but also, this is something that Cameron is just going to go into the spiel about. It's, it's not widely known. I, 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 think, I think one of Indy's trivia questions during her gym challenges about it, but it's possible that you guys never got that one. Basically, the double O tape is a rumored artifact. The double O stands for the out of place, and so it's an out of place artifact, specifically some kind of audio cassette that contains a message from the future. And the problem is that allegedly it was discovered, carbon dating puts it thousands of years in the past. And this, of course, has never been proven. It's essentially. The architecture, not architecture, archaeological equivalent of a legendary Pokemon. Uh, for the longest time, it was just a rumor in the community. But, well, apparently at some point, Logos got a hold of a copy. And I found the audio on the Logos servers, d deep, deep within, where no one else is supposed to have access. And he actually pulls out his phone. And he hits a few buttons, and he hits play. And you hear some static, and then you hear a voice come through. No. You're hearing this? This is a message from the future. 100 years ago, a calamity struck the world. Mass wars broke out. There are only a few places left. They are closing in. We think we have a solution. And then it dissolves back into static again. That's that's pretty ominous. 
So whatever calamity happened in the future has driven these machines to believe that they have to make humanity and Pokemon as strong as possible, regardless of the cost. And that's the problem, is that they are their programming is clearly designed to fulfill this mission, and they are following it to the letter, to the terrifying logical letter. They're not going to be able to be reasoned with, because as far as they're concerned, they're only, there's only right and wrong, and everything they are doing is correct. How do we stop that? Well, they're machines, so presumably an EMP could work, but you can't just whip those out casually. Yeah. Have you been to the cave here and seen the paintings? Yes. Um, I have a theory about... Are you talking about the jetpack? <laughs> yeah. See? See? <laughs> so I have two theories. One of them is that somehow, for some reason, Logos's meddling with time sent a gensect to the past. The other possibility is that whoever left the message on the double O tape, they're also the one in the photo. Okay. Mm. Uh, in universe, Bell is writing down notes. Who are the are the robots being controlled by anyone, or are they just acting on what their AI is telling them? Well, that's as far as I can tell. There is definitely some manner of. Hierarchical structure within the robots. Um, as the of the stuff I was digging, it showed a lot of serial numbers for presumably robots that had been produced here. Um, it's something again. Another thing I should have caught on is that there were a lot of logo scientists would just pop up. There weren't as many recruitment drives later on, but we still had a lot of staff showing up, and I'm pretty sure those staff were being made rather than hired. Um, but there are, a lot like an evil team, there are grunts, and then there are some elite grunts in there, but as far as the serial numbers are concerned, as far as the information I found, they're essentially identical to each other. Uh, and then there are some, the equivalent of admins. There's, uh, you, well, you saw there was Lorne and Robbie and Rosie. And here's the thing, though, is that I found information on them. They seem to be the, they're listed as primaries, but Rosie is primary 04 and Robbie is primary 05. Lorne is primary 01. And I, we don't know who the other two are. Oh, boy. And where's Ashley right now? Is she safe? So that's the thing, is that there, there was one other position above primary, which was Master Control. But 
I just saw the position. I didn't see if there was anyone filling it. And Ashley's concern, and presumably the world's concern if they knew this information, although it's possible they're thinking it right now, is that the master control is Miss Ava Logos, the founder. And it, on the one hand, it would make sense because she created the company. But on the other hand, I, I've met her. And she, I know that the others who ended up being robots, they were plenty personable, but I, I just have a gut feeling that Miss Logos has been taken advantage of just as much as we were, and now she's had to disappear just like us, and that's where Ashley is. She's trying to find her and determine if she is human or if she is the master control. When was the last time you talked to Ashley? Uh, we haven't spoken since the everything was revealed. As as everything was going down and people caught on to what was happening at Logos, we were at the head office. And that's when all of the robot staff began acting more blatantly as robots and as a force to strengthen Pokemon. Me and Ashley and as many of the other human workers as we could, we had to act fast. We rushed to release Pokemon from their biome so that they wouldn't be experimented on. We got guests out of there. We got interns out of there. And last I saw of Ashley, she said that she was going to go find Miss Logos and told me to take Hannah and hide. So the last time you saw her was on Iron Island. She told me not to try and communicate with her because she wouldn't try and communicate with anyone. It was imperative that we all stayed off the grid. And we have a lead. I think yeah. we need to let... We'll let someone know so that they can check our not check the logos building a bit more thoroughly on our behalf. Hopefully, hopefully they can find something. Yeah. And if if it helps at all, uh, Miss Ava Logos, her hometown is Sunny Shore. I, I doubt she would have managed to get that far if she had to run as quickly as we did. But if Ashley's looking for her, she's probably going to start in the southern direction. So, we there's a chance we can okay. cross paths. She might be off the beam path. Which means we might have to redirect a little bit. Do you know... If there's a more direct path to Hearthhome, that we don't have to take the normal routes. I mean, you're on the most direct path you can be at the moment, I think. Because Hearthhome no. is, like, we would have to basically take the scenic route all the way out there. there I, I, it does kind of loop around, and you'd have to go through Selassion to get there. Your other option would be you could cut through the mountains, or wait. You have a narrow dactyl, don't you? I do. It's possible that it's strong enough 
it is possible that it is strong enough to carry the three of you from here to Hearthome. Actually, one moment. Uh, he stands up, he runs over to a rucksack. He starts digging through it, and he pulls out like a, an old-school CD case. He starts flipping through those, and he finds one, pulls it out. Here we go. This is the HM for Fly. It, the technique doesn't work perfectly if it's a place the Pokemon isn't familiar with, but I'm sure you would be able to direct it into the general area. All right. This will be helpful. I guess, I guess you're headed out. You, you can stay if you want. I, Hannah Lee was sneaking out to get lunch. What, what did you pick up? Donuts! Okay. Do you guys need anything? We can run. We can do a run for you. And you don't have to. Uh, we'll, we'll get by on our own. We, we also have our Pokemon that we can send to the market with their money. I just, I thought Hannah Lee might like some air. Okay. All right. All right. I think I think we should uh probably get out of here. If you yeah. can try and contact us maybe maybe through mail. I don't know. It's a bit more it's a bit more discreet. Then I'll I'll see if I can think of something. Because the last thing we want to do is for these damn robots to figure out where you are. No, they... They've been laying low just as much as we have, it seems, so... I don't think they'll be able to spot me. If they do find me, it... There's no sense in hiding if they find me once, so... At that point, we'll bring out the big guns. Okay. Stay safe, you two. Yeah. You as well. Alright, then I guess we try and leave a bit more discreetly, like, make sure no one's, no one's seen us. It's a pretty chill town, no one's gonna really notice. No one is eagerly watching the neighbors. Oh, you never know, those robots can have eyes everywhere. Do you want me to have you roll a stealth? <laughs> I was just going to let you go, but if you want to leave it to chance. How many times can I do skill monkey? Just in case. <laughs> is it once a, is it once a thing? Oh, daily, three times. Though we all should roll then. Seven in a just above average on two dice. <laughs> what did the other two get for stealth? Uh, I can use survival for stealth, I'm right? Pretty sure you can use survival for that, or yeah, yeah. I got a six. I'm solid snake. <laughs> no. Mm. That's 10, 12. I didn't do that well. Mm. You Okay, but once again, you did better than the other two. Yeah. 
Like, Lindsay, remember, the, the point isn't to get the best possible roll of the dice you have. It's to get the, the high number. Having more dice means you can get a higher number. <laughs> so once again, this is just... I know. Bella just casually fades into the shadows. The other two have to work on it. <laughs> Bella's actually a ninja. Um, anyways, I will say this. You guys were spotted, but you don't know that you've been spotted. Oh, great. Alright. Uh, so we head back to the Pokemon Center. Where, because I didn't bring the rest of my Pokemon, they're all probably just chilling out. What? Somebody should probably roll, like, Perception... To or, uh, what was the other one I was thinking? Intuition to figure out if anybody's looking at us particularly. I'll roll perception. <laughs> I'll roll intuition. Uh, better for me. That's 9, 10. 14. Alright, so Belle, you don't notice anything. Um, but Julian, while you're in the Pokemon Center, you, you feel like some eyes on you. And you whip around. But you, can, like, you can't spot anything. And Gabe, did you roll intuition or perception? Perception. Alright, so you turn and you see some like some curtains quickly closing, but you don't see anything going on there. Huh? Hmm. I don't like that. I don't it feels like someone's watching us. Well, all my Pokemon are there, right? Oh yeah. They're all accounted for? Yes. Okay. Hey, Rocky! You're about to learn something. And I pull up the TGTV. You're going to learn fly. <laughs> There's a picture. It's an old school training video. <laughs> How to fly in high, high weather environments. How to carry a human. <laughs> There are lots of different ways that a Pokemon can fly. Like Dodrio. Dodrio! And its head starts spinning around like a helicopter. Halucha. Halucha. And you see a Halucha grab its partner and then just suplex them both into the air. Huh. Go lurk, Me. and you see like a large like clay golem. Just <laughs> a bunch of smoke comes out of the bottom of its feet, and it launches into the air like a space rocket. No, no, the 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 feet retract into the the middle part of the body, <laughs> and then it's just like a rocket. That's canon. How? That oh, works. you're right. You are right. <laughs> 
And it does like the whole, it hovers for a little bit and then it goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's this huge cloud of uh, exhaust. Oh, let's see. There's also a deli bird zooming <laughs> through the air with its trainer stuck in its, <laughs> its pack. In the sack. <laughs> but most Pokemon just use their wings. And then there's like happy little Pidgeys flying through the air. <laughs> and then it pans down and they're casually carrying like a whole bunch of trainers. <laughs> now you know how to fly. Those are some strong Pidgeys, right? So, oh man, what do we do about the cart then? Is he going to grab it with his legs? Yes. Alright guys, let's all climb on. Wait. Right. All of our mods are back? Some yeah. of your mods know Everyone's Vine Whip, right? Got the essentials? Yeah. At least one of them knows Vine Whip, right? Nope. I don't think so. I don't think any of them know Vine Whip. Uh, but, uh... April could use, like, spider web. Yes, there we like... go. I was, I was thinking of using... On spider web. <laughs> the spider Pokemon use the spider moves to make it sticky. Exactly. They they stick everything down. One of you will have to hold on to the Greninja cutout because it is too big. Oh, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't losing this. So the three of you clamber on to Rocksteady's back. Steady spreads his wings out, tests them. <laughs> then walks over, carefully picks up the cart, and then whoosh, you guys are in the air. You're flying! Whoa! I've suddenly decided this is kind of frightening. I've done this before, so it's okay. And uh. as you fly, you see, you see Celestic get smaller and smaller, and Rocksteady flies over the smaller peaks. You can still see Mount Coronet just climbing into the cloud cover as you pass over some of these smaller peaks. Oh, dear. You also, by the way, uh, he's actually only mountable one, so let's just say Belle and Gabe are, like, in the car. Yeah. <laughs> You're hanging on to the legs. Yeah. Or... Or how about, how about just I'm the GM and gameplay and story segregation for Cool Image? Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that Julian's on top. And then they're just like, uh, we're, we're in the cart. It's kind of like the gondola. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if Vel gets on Billy and then Billy gets on Rocksteady, Billy doesn't count towards Mountable because it's a Pokemon, not a person. <laughs> <laughs> this is how this works. <laughs> Stonks. <laughs> now I'm just picturing the the awkward zombie comic where Katie's min-maxing her her fire emblem team. Why is our dragon riding another dragon? Because I'm a master tactician. So you're flying, and it's beautiful. And as you pass the peaks, eventually the peaks fade into some hillsides and then to a thick forest and then into a more controlled forest. And you see 
you can't miss it. The bright lights of the dome of the Hearthome Coliseum. As Rocksteady flies through the chill evening air, and the party casually and contentedly flies towards Hearthome City over the mountainous regions of Sinnoh. You approach the city lights as they begin to twinkle on in the evening, and because you can see these lights, you can also see a pair of flying silhouettes pass in front of them. Large, predatory bird Pokémon. Well, they're Pelipper. They're not that predatory. But they are flying. A pair of them are flying directly towards the two of you. Three of you. My mistake. The two Pelippers are flying towards the three humans, and you can see a human riding the back of each Pelipper. And they approach, and they get closer, and Gabe, you suddenly think to yourself, when was the last time I contacted my parents? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you hear a voice come over the megaphone. Son, you're grounded. Pokemon Adventures in the Millennium is a super fun network podcast. To stay updated on other SFN shows, follow us on Twitter at RealSFN, and follow the Pokemon Twitter at PKMN underscore Millennium. You can follow Tanner at SparkyUpstart, Lindsay at LindsayM476, Ryan at VagabondHaunted, and Duncan at CloudHeadDuncan. Alright, Rocksteady, fly down, we're, we're grounded. Hello, my name is Anaru, and I'm the host of Not A Scratch, the only podcast that believes Scratch is an overpowered move. Not A Scratch is a Pokemon TTRPG podcast using a system made by us. Set in the world of Pokemon and only Pokemon, it's kind of like the mystery dungeon games that you've seen or played before. And, in fact, we actually have our two characters with us now. Ralph, any words of wisdom for our audience? Like my mom always says, if at first you don't succeed, Kick it harder! Okay... Kyle, uh, what's the next thing you want to do on your adventure? Why can't we draw? <sighs> I suppose you can on the train. Well, if you want to know what they're up to, because they aren't telling, 
check us out wherever you listen to podcasts.